This is a Demon FM podcast. You are listening to Geek Speak, the podcast where we talk all things geeky and nerd is the word. With me, your host, Reese. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Geek Speak. It's me, as usual, your friendly neighborhood, Reese. And joining me today, I have a very special guest. I have Jacob with me. Hi. Good Hi. afternoon. Good afternoon. It is now. Guys, we had a, just such a dilemma trying to set all of this up. I had such energy, though, that it was going to be fixed in the last two minutes, and it did. You know, I got a, I got a reading. God bless. If you could get, like, a good energy towards the end of this podcast that someone is going to walk through the door and offer me two million pounds. I will t- I'll let you know. Please. You know, if I give you a wink. God bless. <laughs> um... But yes, we've after the trial we had in setting everything up tech-wise, because, you know, why wouldn't we have done... Um, yeah, we're back here again. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Rooster Teeth web series, Ruby. <laughs> spelt R-W-B-Y, but pronounced Ruby. Uh, it's an epic series. We both really love it. I, yeah, we, it's amazing. It's, and we'll get into the into the details of it but first of all i'm going to throw some questions at you Ooh, okay just to find out how geeky just to see what kind of geek you are what, i'm excited for this establish your geek identity <laughs> so question one you are a young pokemon trainer about to set out on their journey right and you are allowed to pick one of five starter pokemon five. to begin your journey That's with even more than the normal <laughs> mm-hmm. I, just to add a bit of variety okay. so you get to pick between bulbasaur right charmander right squirtle okay pikachu right or eevee which one do you pick oh, that's cheeky okay um eevee I, i'm going to go with eevee and i know that seems like really bandwagony but Evie is able to evolve into multiple things. Uh, yes. So I get uh, you're actually choice. the first person so far to pick Evie. Really? Mm-hmm. Do I, I'm going to guess people chose Charmander. Actually, no, I don't think we've had a Charmander really? choose yet. We've had Squirtle and Bulbasaur. Okay. But I don't recall a Charmander. <laughs> if there was an Eevee on the list, I probably would have gone with Charmander. Mm. So <laughs> Everyone wanted the Fire Lizard. Yeah. <laughs> Second question is, and I've changed it up a bit, which of these fictional worlds would you rather live in? Right. Would you rather live in the Harry Potter universe mm. and attend or work at Hogwarts? Right. The Star Wars universe as mm. either a Jedi or, I don't know, a <laughs> bounty hunter. <laughs> Something. Or Westeros. Westeros. We're done. Okay. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down Westeros. Jacob is my friend through Game of Thrones Society. I was waiting for that. <laughs> we are that level of geek. But the final question is, and this is one of my favourites, I know you're a big gamer, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if you might recognise where this is from. But three weapons appear before you. The power of the mystic, a mysterious rod holding unknown power, inner strength. A staff of wonder and ruin. Oh my gosh. The power of the guardian, kindness to aid friends, a shield to repel all, a shield to protect loved ones. Or the power of the warrior, invincible courage, the will to stand against anything, a sword of terrible destruction. This is from an MMO. 
No. Oh, I've just got to choose. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, you just got to. <laughs> sorry, I thought you would. <laughs> sorry, I totally misconstrued that. I thought you were going to be like, oh, this is actually from an MMO. Um, I mean, it's from can... Kingdom Hearts. Right. <laughs> any, any of our. I thought, okay. Yeah. Um, I would go with the shield. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go with Everyone's the shield. Everyone's been going for the shield. Really? Mm-hmm. I'd go with the shield. Yeah, it's got a lot to protect, you know. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. I'm just like, the staff, I want to hurl lightning bolts at people. If but... you could be Donald Duck for a day <laughs> <laughs> and forget to cure your team, <laughs> Thundergar. Every... Yeah. Yeah, honey. Uh, but yeah, those are the three nerdy questions oh. that. I usually ask. I so love them. They're all really cute. You will begin your quest with a shield and an Eevee in Westeros. I mean, that is enough for me to get three dragons. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all I need to conquer the seven kingdoms. There we go. Oh my God. Can you? Yeah, I'm not going to. There's probably a Pokemon Game of Thrones fanfic oh, crossover out probably, there. Probably. Yeah. We'll take it. We're, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, let's uh, crack on with uh, the discussion. So, Ruby. As we say, it's a web series um, from sort of online company Rooster Teeth. It's this wonderful, magical world where we follow the four main characters of four young girls um, who are trained to become huntresses who slay evil monsters known as the Creatures of Grimm. Um, and we basically follow their journey. But as the series has gone on, they've got themselves involved in a big old plot and a big old mess. <laughs> and it, the season seven, was it? Very recently yeah. wrapped at the time of recording. And yeah, all of the characters are, for the most part, loosely based or inspired by characters from grim fairy tales or yeah. mythology or some even in the case of even history mm-hmm. and um they rely a lot on sort of like certain color schemes characters have certain colors affiliated with them and oh every weapon turns into a gun <laughs> that is the prerequisite every weapon has like two forms at least yeah. if not three um, got a scythe that turns into a sniper rifle yeah <laughs> like weiss's it's like a rapier fencing sword that's also a revolver. Yeah, that can dust, like can uh, dish out dust magic. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, Blake's got um, her katana that also folds back into a pistol. And uh, with can, her ribbon, she swivels it. What is it? Kusamagiri or yeah, something? It's, um, Where they have a chain, yeah, a hook on the chain, and they swivel it round. That like kind a scythe of thing. Chain, yeah. chain scythe. <laughs> and then Yang has her gauntlets. So they are gauntlets that are also guns but it's also a gun (laughs) it's also a gun rule number one of ruby um but yeah how did you first get into the series um well my online friend introduced it to me towards the end or the final trailer which was yang's one yes the yellow yellow trailer trailer. and she was like by the way there's this amazing series coming out this year and i think it was 2011 or 2020 yeah uh, 2012 sorry i think it was 2012 yeah and she was like this is amazing anime series coming out watch these four trailers and i watched them and i was flabbergasted blown away same (laughs) um i didn't get into it until just as series two was wrapping up. Yeah, that was a good series. Because my friend at work suggested them to me. And she was like, oh yeah, it's very anime inspired. You know, it's very, like the fights are amazing. And when she told me the fights were amazing. Oh my goodness exactly. gracious. Yeah. The fights are 
beautifully choreographed phenomenal absolutely phenomenal i just the way that they orchestrate the fights between characters i'm i'm surprised at how their mind works the creators yeah it's like not a movement is wasted because montague the creator who is sadly no longer with us rest in peace his like whole philosophy was like not a movement is wasted in a fight and especially in like the earlier fights of the first two seasons like a character doesn't throw a punch and then wait to be punched back exactly there is a constant reaction and response to it and some hits land some don't it's 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 just fantastic. Yeah. Any th- any fight movement that's not fighting is a bit janky in the first two seasons. A hundred percent. Yeah. But um, they've definitely um, worked those problems out. Oh yeah. It's, Especially yeah. as I said, the fight scenes I noticed kind of went a little downhill starting in season three because, um, as I say, the creator Montium passed away. Yeah. Shortly before season, I think they only got so far into see, volume three before yeah. he passed. He he um went for a medical treatment and had an allergic reaction to it and ended up in a coma and then sadly passed away. Yeah, they um took him off life support, I think, or there was just like no chance of him recovering from yeah. it. And it's really sad because, as I say, he I know especially for the trailers. Yeah, those were special. They because I think. The red trailer, at least the very first one, I think it was just him and like one or two other people that worked yeah, on that. Yeah, it was. The whole choreography was orchestrated like, just by Monty. It, it's like gobsmacking. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're new to the series or you've not watched it yet. Go watch it. Start with the trailers. They are absolutely phenomenal. 100%. Um, so start with red trailer, then white trailer, then black trailer, then yellow trailer. It's spectacular. I've never seen anything like it. Have you? Um, Montume did like a series before Ruby that kind of got him noticed, like an independent, right? Yeah, called Dead Fantasy. I've yeah, I've heard of it, um, and I've I've probably watched a couple of scenes of it. Unfortunately, I've not watched it completely. But from my knowledge, it's kind of it has all the fighting um, quality of Ruby. But yeah. With, these characters all from it's, random series yes it takes the characters from final fantasy and dead or alive i love dead or alive <laughs> i have a bone to pick about dead or alive oh. <laughs> we'll not mention it here no. uh, this is the After ruby this podcast <laughs> but yeah that's another series to check out sadly it's a series he didn't get to, actually no not sadly he, it was that series that got him recognition yes from rooster teeth and made them hire him but i think he had a whole saga and plot planned out for it yeah, but it never came to fruition, and obviously, sadly, he passed away. But again, fight choreography in that is phenomenal. Like the ep- second episode is literally just eleven minutes of these video game girls just hashing it out. Oh, it's it, incredible. That's amazing. Like, <laughs> he just had a good vision on everything. He did, and well, like that's the recurring joke. Like he never slept. Yeah, and he was constantly drinking coffee. And dancing too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like the dance choreographed scene he did in season two oh, for the ball. It was. Amazing. It was adorable. It was like wasn't necessary, but it was just yeah. so beautiful. It was so cute. It was. I, I wish we had scenes like that again. Yeah. But... I, well, you said that like they've stepped up and like the com- the fight choreography is leveled up again. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They've right now really like crafted it better they've like honed their skill to animate fight scenes do you have a favorite season out of all of them oh 
Back in the day, I would say it was volume three because mm. that... Um, the Vital Fighting Festival. Yeah, because they mixed um, positive tones of them being at school and training yeah. to be consciousness um, with a more darker tone that happened in the last half of the season. Yeah. So you really were able to understand all the themes that had preceded that season, yeah. which were darkness is coming. It, and it did. <laughs> I mean, it is weird to look back at how season one was compared to what's going on now. A hundred percent. Because season yeah. one and season two, it starts off kind of like, you know, like a magical girl type of anime. Exactly. Like Sailor Mooney, it's all cute. They're at school, they're learning, it's goofy yeah. fun. And then, as you say, season three... I mean, there's going to be spoilers throughout this. Season three <laughs> shook. Yeah. Did not expect that. And that's when it's uh, quite a few fans and um, the community members of Rooster Teeth have said it's like Harry Potter in the sense that it starts out. Yeah. Quite lighthearted. Yeah. These students. Yeah. The school life. But then as they that. grow older and the themes become more mature and yeah. it gets a bit darker. And yeah, uh, it's well worth a watch if you haven't already if you haven't go away and watch it and then come back and listen to this because spoilers uh but yeah (laughs) (laughs) what's your favorite character i'm intrigued to know i think i know the answer yes um i could talk all day about this character but her name is cinder fall (laughs) she's she's at the top of my top three yeah um she for those who don't know who cinder fall is she is this mysterious, nonchalant, almost sensual character at the beginning mm-hmm. when you first see her with such amazing magical abilities. Yes. And she has no fear whatsoever no. of anybody no. that comes in, uh, that challenges her. She's one of those villains where she's just so fabulously evil. Yes, exactly. You kind of like <laughs> want to be her. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like, she's just... She's just got this air of grandeur about her. Yeah. And we've started to see that unravel in the past few seasons. 100%. I'm ready to learn her backstory. I think it's coming next season. I hope so. Because, uh, yeah, they've been hinting at it. And specifically what happened in the last episode. Honey. Oh, honey. (laughs) Honey. Oh, honey. (laughs) Tea. Tea. Uh, Yes. Well, especially after she... Spoilers. You've been warned. Fled from Ruby. Yeah. Like, she was so driven to, like, get revenge on her and then... It literally Ruby appeared oh, and she just yeah yeeted out of there. <laughs> well, yeah. For those who don't know, Cinderful has a weakness mm-hmm. towards anybody with the um, trait of silver, silver eyes because mm-hmm. silver eyes are able to uh, decimate and destroy the creatures of Grimm. Yes, and unfortunately, well, fortunately for Cinder, she uh, does have the weakness of having a Grimm arm. Yes. But even before that, though, it was it something to do with the powers of the maiden? Yes, it was. Um, because, yeah. obviously, again, major spoilers. <laughs> she stole the rest of the four maidens' powers, killed Pyrrha, and then that's when Ruby saw it. Oh, my God, don't. Like, they made my two favourite characters fight. Yeah. And then made one of them kill the other. Yeah, I was, I was like, what that. is this witchcraft? It was It was so... I was so upset when I watched that scene. When I first watched it, I was so surprised. My heart was torn. Yeah. Either one of them to go was going to be a heartbreak. A loss. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it, <laughs> it really was. But, yeah, like, 
so is there a weakness that the Fall Maidens have for the Silver Eyes? Because we still don't yes. know a lot about the power of the Silver Eyes. See, very true. And I think it all stems down to the method of how Cinder achieved and acquired those powers. Mm. Because um, Cinder Fall was the antagonist between one and volumes one and three. Yeah. But behind the scenes is a bigger villain known as Salem. And the yes. way that... you cosplayed as one. Who I cosplayed. Was that for Halloween? That was for... Um, no, it was for a geek social uh, that yes. you could just... Yeah, I'm going to do it again. A better one. Sickening. <laughs> it was killer. I've Thank seen the photos. <laughs> but um, she, the main antagonist, Salem, gives uh, Cinder a way of acquiring the full maiden powers through yeah. illeg- illegitimate means. And it's through a, a grim glove. Yes. Um, and I believe that that might be um, the reason as to why she has the weakness. Towards, really? Yeah. I think that that's in my kind of theory. Mm. I don't know if it hasn't been completely... Uh, no, there's still a lot that we're learning just yeah. yet. But I think that's how she is weak towards Silver Eyes is because of her illegitimate way of getting... Yeah the powers but um yeah she's just an amazing character and her voice actress just... jessica negri who is a cosplayer check out her stuff she's fantastic she's also really down to earth i don't know if you've ever seen her on like occasionally now and then she guest appears on rooster teeth's podcasts and stuff yeah she's just so chill and down to earth she is a geek like she's from new zealand is she yeah i didn't know that yeah <laughs> but um she is amazing yeah she is she's Again, so lovely check out her cosplay i think she's got a youtube channel herself she does but cinder's wardrobe oh girl it's killer <laughs> i it that first dress that she first appears in is fabulous she wears glass heels yeah, well, she is or the... obsidian heels. Yes, <laughs> she alludes to Cinderella. Yeah, so um, she in uh, the first series you see her in just like a red dress. Yeah, quite short. don't see her face. Don't see her face. Very whatsoever. hidden. Just see a bit of her hair and glowing eyes, and that's mm-hmm. it. And you just like, okay, that's that's my favorite character. That's, that's <laughs> this. Um, yeah, uh, and then season two, her second costume really grew on me with yes. like the long sleeve over the grim arm but also how it was like buckled at the side exactly. so it's it became more reserved yes it? It's, it was kind of showing her more matured into a woman but yes. also broken from the fight of beacon between her and pyrrha yes. and ruby's um intervention yes but yeah that was the whole velvet dress uh, still had that sensual appeal it was yes. amazing phenomenal beautiful fabulous I should hate her for what she did to Pyrrha but I don't she's Same. like for me she's like Maleficent she's just as I say she's just so fabulously evil exactly and I can't think of a better way to put her she is just fabulously yeah. evil like she's I don't know well as I've gotten older like the more I've watched like some of the classic Disney cartoons or old TV shows I'm just like I'm siding with the villain yeah. a because they just they're just f- fantastic and wonderfully they, their aesthetic is everything but also I kind of agree with their ideas exactly when you when you grow up you've grown up to idolise the hero but oh, yeah. when you're actually an adult you understand the villain's perspective like Maleficent <laughs> Ursula I'm oh, totally here for them 100% I agree <laughs> <laughs> good choices and villains yes. <laughs> Um, I mean well we let's go back to Salem because we found out her backstory right and why she what happened to her and turned her into this monster that she is? So she was imprisoned in a tower as a young girl and she was rescued by 
the first form of Ozpin. Ozma? Ozma. Yeah. yeah. So I think it alludes possibly a bit to Rapunzel because it's the girl in the yeah. tower with the long hair. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah. um, and they, they fall in love and start this romance, but Ozma dies from sickness. Mm. So Salem goes to the two like gods within the um, lore of the series yeah because so, this uh happens many like many years yeah, yeah 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 before the events of ruby that they are today yeah so it's salem's cursed with immortality basically mm. she can because what she does is she plays the two gods off against each other um she goes to them to request them to bring ozma back the god of light refuses to because it's like you, you know life and death happen they're a natural part of you know just the life cycle mm-hmm. so instead she goes to his brother the god of death and darkness and it's kind of like oh but she doesn't tell him that she went to see the god of light first right and he does bring him back right but then there's the whole confrontation because the brother of light appears saying what are you doing this man's dead You've and they broken the equilibrium yeah of this universe. and then they <laughs> clash and then they find out that salem's played them right and they curse her with immortality so that she can never join Ozma in the afterlife. And she can understand um, the truth of human life, which yeah. is people go and come. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, then she starts like plans to turn the world against the gods. And that it all goes from there. But Ozma basically is sent back by the gods as Ozpin. He reincarnates every time his body dies with the task to stop Salem, who is it's complicated watch the series um but yeah i mean after watching that how do you feel that she's completely in the wrong like for what's happened to her Uh, no i really did sympathize with her Mm. um almost because again fabulously evil when i first met voiced by um jen taylor yes who voiced cortana in Halo. Exactly, yeah. So, so. that's where she went. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, she, her character is, uh, after the backstory, um, I totally sympathised with her mm. because um, she had someone she loved uh, and was taken away from her, but also she it was somebody that saved her from her isolation in yeah. the tower. So I do feel really bad for you her. You can understand why she'd go to such lengths to bring him back. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> and then the gods were just spiteful. It, it, well, I think so anyway. And basically what she's trying to do in the present is collect the four relics that the gods left behind before they departed the earth. And when all the relics are brought together, the gods will come back and judge humanity. Mm. And if they're not happy with what how humanity seems, they'll eradicate life. That's, I think that's it. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, that's it. Um, (laughs) Hit the nail on the head. (laughs) And so she's assembled this cabal of villains to help her get the relics and turn the kingdoms against each other. Uh, There we go. Let's give you some more background. So at the present time that the series is set, there are four kingdoms across the planet where humanity has managed to build safe havens from Mm. the creatures of Grimm, which are just like rampant throughout. There's a few villages and towns scattered here and there um, that are protected with the help of the kingdoms. Yeah. But yes, as I say, the four main characters are trained as huntresses to protect and defend humanity. But then they get involved in all of this Salem stuff as the exactly. story arc goes on. So the four main characters, we have Ruby, who 
actually, I'm not going to tell you who they allude to. Watch the trailers <laughs> and work out which... I'll, I'll narrow it down for you. Which grim fa- fairy tale character they're based from. Rubies is pretty easy. Yeah, I would say so. You could get it from first glance. <laughs> Weiss is... If you don't know from the name... Right. The lyrics and the song. Oh my God, the soundtrack right, as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. So the soundtrack for this series is killer as well. Like it's absolutely everything. Like, honestly. The way that they are able to weave stories with the soundtrack yeah. and portray character emotions, backstories, yeah. all that kind of stuff, but with amazing melodies. It's yeah. phenomenal. Like Casey Lee Williams, who is the main like female vocalist, she's only younger, but she was like, what, like 14, 15? When, when it first started, yeah. Yeah. And she's got this incredible vocal range and just knocking out all these songs. I think my favourite is, yeah, like from the red trailer, Red Like Roses, there's only like it's four beautiful. verses, yeah. but also like the, you know, the dun 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 yes. dun, this gentle yes. like plucking of a harp. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's and then it turns into this like rapid, like almost tango type yes. instrumental type yeah. thing. And it works amazingly well with the fight scene. It's <laughs> glorious. Uh, what's your favourite trailer actually out of the four? Um, I'm going to say Blake's, so mm. the black trailer. Yeah. Because that was the, what well, was the first time you hear them voiced. Yes. A uh, character's voice in the trailer. And there was just something about Blake and her moveset and how she fought that I just really yeah. resonated with. And yeah, it was a I like that kind of story. And the ending of the trailer, like the effects of when she's oh, yeah. when she's dissipating and yes. fading away into black and red, that was amazing. So very visually stunning. Very loved it. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> that that trailer. Well, and your one was uh Ruby's the, the music from the red trailer. Okay. Yeah. I think the yellow trailer might be my favourite overall it's good because <laughs> I, I do, well uh, the, I like the little club remix they do of the previous three themes yes and just kind of like Yang's whole personality yes. where she like grabs <laughs> Junior by the you know what uh, not literally like okay. but yeah she just like she's this like kind of flirty party girl that and then just like absolutely decimates this entire this crowd <laughs> in the middle of this club um, and fights off against a guy with a rocket launcher and it's sick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it truly is. That's another thing. The, all of the like the four main girls have like each like different personalities. Yes. Uh, before they come together as a group. So Ruby's very young and she's very optimistic and very innocent, very cheerful. Very much believing that life is like a fairy tale. Yeah, she she's she's got this naive innocence about her and this charming goofiness to her. Yeah, compared to Weiss, who is, I'd say, the stuck-up princess yes, archetype. Definitely in the first season. Um, <laughs> but again, you gradually see that part of Weiss unwind and chip away. Yeah, and- especially through her relationship with Blake. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, the series deals with kind of like addresses the topics of racism and class um, through the faunus. And now in the series, the faunus are a race of people who have animal-like features. Yes. So they're not necessarily. It's not necessarily racism through skin tone, but, but rather through species. Yeah. Weiss comes from a family that 
their company uses a lot of faunus labor, abusive labor. Right. And Blake being a faunus, having used to being part of a uh, civil rights movement, the White Fang. Yeah. Clashes with yeah. her to begin with, but we gradually see them become de- char- character development through yeah. their interactions with each other. As I say, especially Weiss, who stops taking herself quite so seriously and stops being quite so pretentious about and pompous. Yeah, and she becomes. Uh, she later is able to understand um, the background of Blake and vice versa. Yeah, so and um, rejects her family name and destiny in the end because that's what's defined her for so long exactly the heiress to the wealthy schnee family and, yeah <laughs> she amazing. i think she's actually my favorite out of the um four main characters see it's her and blake for me so i do share that with you mm. because those two just have great parallels don't they they do yeah blake she's yes. quite reserved definitely the more quiet one but again as the series goes on we see her come out of her shell a bit more and start to accept the others as like sister roles and because yeah. she's had a quite a traumatic experience with Adam. Yes, who was present in the black trailer. Yes. Um Adam, if no one knows, is part of the civil rights movement, the white, white fang. But he's like an extremist of it. Exactly. He's once he, he's not so much about the liberation and the making a statement. It's more about dominating the human race. And taking over, yeah. And he and Blake were in a relationship. Trying to remember the notes on it. It's they kind of had like a mentor student kind of relationship. Yeah. And Blake was swayed by Adam's perspective until yeah. he was on about starting to kill innocent people. Right. And then she was like, I don't want this. But I get what you mean, because he calls her like my love and everything and taunts her with that. Yeah, it's because in the series itself, they kind of do touch on relationship vibes but they don't go into it too yeah. much but then in the comic series oh have you been reading the comics I've been reading the comics. oh honey yes. oh honey okay this is new to me <laughs> so in the comic series they read there's a whole arc that is dedicated to their relationship okay and you are able to see more of the abuse um, yeah. and the or uh, the um the indoctrination that Blake experiences from Adam. Really? And it's, okay. it's really sad to see, yeah. But in this series, if you were just to watch it straight as straight as it is, you might not be able to see the relationship tone. But when, you know, maybe you'll get cues of it when he says, my love, or yeah, or is so obsessive with her. Yes. But um, yeah, through the comics, I was able to get a further understanding of it. And yeah, it's, it's quite a wacky relationship. I'll <laughs> have toxic. to earn some money and buy the comics because... I know that Team Coffee has got their own book series. Book yeah. series, and I love Team Coffee. Coco is everything. Oh. She's got a bag that turns into a minigun, and it just like <laughs> mows down enemies. And it's as I say, everything turns into a gun. It's fabulous. She is so classy. Um, um, okay, uh, yeah, I'll have to grind and buy the comics. They're worthy. They're worthy of an investment. They are really good. The series is also surprising in what it, as I say, it starts off very cutesy, very lighthearted, but then we get into these serious issues. So with the relationship of Blake and Adam, it looks at abusive relationships, friendships. Yang, when, spoiler, she gets her arm cut off. Yes. Uh, PTSD. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And like, she can't throw, she sort of gradually overcomes it but it's not like an instant thing so she punches someone but her fist shakes because she's still traumatised by it 
crow with alcoholism. Yeah, no, I, when you first watched it, well, when I first watched it in volume three, I didn't notice alcoholism. I thought it was just a fun trait of um, crow. Crow's the kooky uncle that drinks. Yeah. He carries a hip flask all the time. Yeah. Exactly. And then as time goes on, you actually realise, no, it's a serious uh, yeah. issue. Uh, Especially in, se- I think, season five, they start to touch on it because everyone starts to be like, crow, are you drunk again? Yes. Yeah. And then season six, when they find the truth out about Salem and Ozpin. Yeah. Crow kind of like loses his faith. He's gone from being like this seen wise elder of the leading these kids on to the someone he's who's, lost his yeah. faith in his drive and he drinks even more. And then comes season seven, which we've just had. Yes. He's gone teetotal. Yeah. And there's a bit where they're like in the Schnee Manor and someone walks past him with a tray of wine and he kind of just like actually I'm going to go outside yeah. I can't do this that bit was a uh, I was so it was a little touch yeah the little touches like that yeah uh, okay so season seven. Oh, girl right that ending <laughs> oh my god that I can't, ending I can't no oh wow it's spoilers it... <laughs> <laughs> Salem's got a new wardrobe oh though. my goodness like, I can't do I can't deal with I'm going to see if I can find it very quickly it's because, because... <laughs> it was about two or or three episodes before the finale. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. It was about um, two episodes before the finale. Her new costume was hinted because um, what happens is is that everybody. Uh, oh, actually, I don't want to explain it just yet because we have to get into the whole Atlas arc, don't we? But yeah. <laughs> so we'll just stick with Salem's costume. But Salem's costume has had a rework from her volume three appearance, and it's become more booby hasn't it <laughs> it's become more uh, i don't want to say revealing but it, um, it emanates boss diva energy like that's it really <laughs> does it's yeah it's amazing because when you first see salem she has um <gasps> there she there goes, it is there oh yeah is. there's definitely like a little bit of cleavage showing yes. because work evil queen and she also has um so when you first see her, she has like a kind of long dress appearance, bit of cleavage, arms on show, cape. So a kind it's of very a witch, demure, very demure, yeah. like very witch like. Yes. Then you next see her with um, this new appearance with a much with with a much more defined dress, yeah. cape, it's more spelt, more, yes. a lot more. It looks like they've animated it, so it's a lot more figure hugging. Yes, a lot more figure hugging. And she also has kind of um, these bicep armor plates to represent like, the Grimm's alpha Like their bone-like masks. Yes. And, uh, like, and shoulder pads. and uh, She's showing us that she's the alpha of the group, really, just by that costume. Basically. <laughs> well, that's this is a very good series that's very girl power. There's a lot, like a lot of strong, tough women in it. Yes. And, uh, As I said, the four main characters, all girls. Yes. And then you get like Pira and Nora, who are just absolutely showstoppers yeah like they're in a team of two boys who are kind of like not submissive to them but like compared to them yes they're they are the like Nora's definitely the muscle of Team oh, Juniper. Hundred percent. Pira is like a world class fighter already at the start of the series. <laughs> exactly, and she's so humble about it. Yeah, yeah and I really loved her character. Had she died? R.I.P. Um, Jean, I don't know if I like his character or not. He's a bit 
meh to me at this stage. Mm. His writing in season one like annoyed me. Yeah. Because they had like two adventures together and then and I think it's in like episode eight or nine, he's suddenly like, I'm tired of being the person who hangs in a tree and watches his friends die around him. And I'm like, we've not, no one's died yet. You're, like, Dark days are to come, but yeah, not here quite yet. I get your feelings of like, and your frustration at being like useless. Yes. Like me, my mood all the time nearly. Um, <laughs> but uh, that felt like a bit much for me for season one. Right. Um, and then just as the series has gone on, he's just... He's he's meant to be the underdog. Right. Like, he's the Neville Longbottom of the series, yes, basically. Yes, 100%. Um, uh, his heart's in the right place. He's got a great tactical and strategic mind. He's just lacking the combat skills and the kind of... His bravery isn't evident until it's time to step up to the yes, plate. Until yes. then, he's a bit like, oh, we'll run away. We'll, we'll avoid yes. this problem. I don't want to do this. Exactly. Um, and he's just kind of taken a step back a bit for me. Okay. Uh, and I just wish that there was there was a bit more. Like Nora has, I loved Nora from the beginning. Oh right, and she's yeah. insane. She has been radiant, especially in this last yeah. volume. Um, in terms- well, we've seen that more emotional side of Nora because yes. usually she's just absolutely wacky and hyperactive. Exactly. And I think out of all the voice acting in my series, in in this in my series, I wish <laughs> out of all the voice acting in the series, hers has been the most consistent and is my favourite. Yes, and um, because. In yeah. the first season, the first few episodes of the first season, everyone's still kind of finding their feet. Yes, yeah. And um, Nora's already there. Yeah, Samantha <laughs> Island, who voices it, it's just immediately the high energy, yes. crazy bonkers. But yeah, we've seen that more serious side of her this season. Yes, and more uh, aside. Well, as you've said, she was that fun energy. But in this previous volume, she's shown herself to fight for what's right and what she truly believes in. Yeah. And not be afraid to step in the face and, of authority yeah, and Yeah, and criticise it. Exactly. exactly. Um, but yeah, and the ranging, the range of her voice acting, especially when it comes to those emotions, phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I can't can't rate her enough. Uh, Nora's the fave. Um Fun fact about Team Juniper. Did you know that like all of the members in it allude to someone in history yes. or myth who cross-dressed at some point? So is it Lyran is Mulan? Far Mulan, yeah. Right. Pyrrha alludes to Achilles. Achilles, yeah. Who cross-dressed and pretended to be a woman named uh, Pyrrha to avoid being avoid fighting in the Trojan War? We've all done that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> If World War Three starts, I'm a cross dress. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can't. I'm actually not in not, not in today's climate. No, Everyone I, will get the call to arms, honey. Honestly, I'm mm-hmm. not here for Storm Dennis. I'm not. Just, oh, we've got two more coming, apparently. Oh, can they just come? Ella down? and Francis. Oh, they they have a great way of just formulating these names. I want them to get like creative. I want Storm Agamemnon. But- <laughs> I want Storm Methuselah. Exactly. Maybe Medusa. Like- Storm Medusa. Can yeah. you imagine? Oh, Ugh. it's so petrifying <laughs> I see what you did there <laughs> I'm, I'm on it <laughs> um, uh, yeah so where were we? Uh, Pyrrha is based on Achilles, Achilles yes um, Jean is based on Joan of Arc yeah and um, Nora is based on Thor 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 himself <laughs> cross-dressed to get into the realm of the Norns who are 
these female seers, uh, future, past, present readers in yeah. Norse mythology. I love all these historic. So this is what I love series like this where there's like proper thought yes. going into the characters and their conceptualization. Yeah. It wasn't just bang character ginger yeah. heb. There yeah. was actually a reason as to why they are they dress a certain way or why they have certain powers. Certain colour associations, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's like it's like Jean um, has like a bully at school, her card in Winchester. And in Joan of Arc's history, Cardinal Something Winchester was the cardinal who oversaw her trial mm. back when she was arrested for, you know, dressing as a man and right. doing what she did. And that's just, to me, I love like little touches like that. Yeah. Because Cardin's not even like a major character, really. No, it's a supporting it's character. It's like a bullying, there's a bullying arc and then, yeah. but still, uh, <laughs> yeah, loved it. It's it's. It's just, it's just such a good series. Yeah, it's very well orchestrated, very mm. well structured. They put a lot of thought into it and you can really see um, the fruits of their work. Yeah. It's not it's not a typical story. It's not predictable. No. Like, I <laughs> did not expect um, Penny to get the Winter Maiden's powers at the end. Like, spoilers. Um, <laughs> Neither did I. I um, honestly thought, like, Winter... I thought Winter was going to like really reluctantly kill the old winter maiden to take the power be right. before Cinder could get it. Exactly. Like it's better that I kill her and take the power than Cinder do it and steal the power. Exactly. But no, um it went to Penny. Yeah, I was really surprised about that because like yourself, I theorised and I thought that Cinder was actually going to win. Yeah. Because I was like, they didn't just bring her back for nothing. No. <laughs> She's got a... She trounced, she trounced Winter and Penny. Yeah, she did. For and sure. they're pretty good fighters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in that fight as well, you saw her um, almost with her back against the wall for a minute. Yeah. Because she was like, I'm not going to be beaten by some toy, i.e. Penny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she did do well against them. I mean, there's a little part of me that wants Cinder to become like an anti-hero character. Same. Because I know eventually she's just going to meet her end. Like, they're going to have to kill her. Yeah, and it's really sad because um, it almost was confirmed because, uh, I don't know if you want to hear this. but uh, Hit I, me with it. I was, because they made a companion book, yeah. Ruby the Companion Book, and in that um, book it mentions Salem's ulterior motives. And mm. the she wants the relics, but also which hasn't been touched in the series is that she also wants all four of the maiden's powers. For herself. For herself. Oh no. So obviously the person that's been pumped up with all this power yeah. and hungry and hunger for power. Because she sets Cinder to collect all of the maiden powers. Right. And I'm, I think, and this is my theory, just from that sentence and that paragraph in that book, is that Salem is going to clock her off when um, oh, she's gotten off, no. which is quite sad, but, you know. I'm, I'm ready for Cinder to get some backstory now. Yeah. As much sure. as I love watching her school crowned hurling fireballs at people, <laughs> I want, I want to a more fleshed out yeah. character um but I, I wanted to turn like kind of anti-hero same so that she'd oh. but after killing Pyrrha is she redeemable <laughs> and I feel like well no <laughs> but as well you even see from Ruby and Weiss when they first see um Cinder for the first time in ages it's almost yeah. the shock factor the anger the silver eyes reactivating it's um it's all happening again for them. So I don't think there might be a bone in their body to forgive her for no. what she's done. Uh, I mean, well, she stole the relic. <sighs> 
the lamp from <laughs> Oscar and is this going to get her back into Salem's good graces, do you think? Or is Salem still going to be miffed at her for going AWOL for so long I... and break, like, sabotaging effectively yeah. when they attacked Haven? Yes. Um, well, you know, I hope so. That's all I can say is that I hope so. Because... Um, Salem is known to commend her teammates when mm. they have done something well. Yes. But when they have done something wrong, she is not above punishing Hazel. Them. Yeah. Mm. Hazel, for example. Yeah. She was not above punishing him, even though it wasn't his fault, but she was simply punishing him because he was taking the blame for somebody else's yes. wrongdoing. Um, I hope that she, uh, uh, that Cinder can get back into her good graces mm -hmm. because um, getting the uh, relic wasn't easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a popular fan theory is that Neo is eventually going to betray her and uh, kill her. I think it's true. I definitely. So do I. I'm on that band. If it's not Salem, it's Neo. Yeah, for sure. And because I thought, they yeah. keep doing these things where Cinder like took the lamp from Neo, which Neo right. stole, and Neo was just like, exactly, really? exactly. She's almost shocked and annoyed that she didn't get any gratitude for all the hard work that Neo yeah. did put in to get the and lamp. <laughs> Neo, Neo's only concern is getting revenge for Torchwick, right? Um, her, her boss who yeah. died a few seasons before he was the original big bad occasionally but I think because his voice actor was the um, animation director yeah. for Rooster Teeth doing that and then voicing a role as well got a bit much for him Very especially as Ruby grew yeah. um, and required a larger team yeah. Um, but yeah he sadly passed rip spoilers um, <laughs> and neo his mute henchman who's adorable so her theme is like neapolitan ice cream so she's oh. pinks browns and like a soft soft white yeah um love it love it love her um her aesthetic is amazing because mm. <laughs> she was like made last minute she was she truly was in volume two uh she last minute appeared within episode Painting the town. I think that was episode yeah, four. four? Yeah. yeah, and she last minute appeared in that episode because um, Monty Oem just had an idea. To yeah, create. <laughs> I think it started something like someone saw like someone did a gender bent cosplay of right. Raymond Torchwick, and oh. then he like took like that, and then the color scheme of like Neapolitan ice cream yeah. and applied it, and <laughs> she's adorable she doesn't say anything she, that just makes her yeah that but just she's makes... this great fighter and she just gives you these sassy smirks yes oh i just love it her, her facial because she doesn't speak and can't speak her facial expressions are up to the max yeah um to you make to, up for yeah them. to be able to read what she's feeling and what her mood is yeah um i, I think that now penny's joined our merry band now that they've had to yeet themselves out of Atlas. Yes. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> I think Penny's going to become the P in Team Juniper again. Do you think? I think so. See, that's. I also thought that too, but then I also thought about Oscar Pine. So Okay. So I was either one of those two, I don't know. Maybe. And they've both got green to their colour scheme. This tone. is true. <laughs> um... But no, I it would be really cute if it's uh, one of those two. I, I hope, because the cast is is building yes it start started off with the four main girls and then team juniper were kind of a supporting role then juniper came into prominence and then yeah. crow joined and then they had maria join i love maria oh, maria oh my gosh this, this, 
Miss Calaveras. Miss Calaveras, <laughs> yes. Ugh. An old cranky lady who is not afraid. Big mood. Yeah. <laughs> to tell you what it is. Oh, yeah. And used to be a kick-ass fighter until she was blinded. Yeah. Yeah. That was sad. <laughs> Salem wasn't messing. No, she was not. Because she used to have, spoilers, silver eyes yes. and kind of sort of becomes Ruby's mentor in how to use hers. Because that's the thing. We have the whole history of Summer Rose, Ruby's mum, who died oh before gosh. the series began. Yeah. Who, we don't know the circumstances of her death. No. We just know that she had silver eyes. Yes, and everyone's like, eyes. so... Did Salem do something to her? Is that... Well... Is she still alive, possibly? Well... Held somewhere? As I was saying with the episode before, when you see kind of Salem's outfit in Mist, when she's um, having a meeting with our heroes because she's giving them a chance to surrender before she comes. Yeah. And um, Ruby, who's the daughter (gasps) of Summer Rose... Yes, she says... Yeah, she's... uh, Salem's... uh, Well, Ruby says to Salem, we're going to stop you, essentially. And Salem says... Your mother said those same words. Those exact words to me. She was wrong too. And yeah, um, Ruby breaks down, yes. and she's been quite pretty strong-willed and strong-hearted at this point in the show. So yeah, uh, she's the great mystery of it. We're still there's the we've so much to learn about the Silver Eyes still, and Ruby's mum, and Salem's hand in it. Yeah, <laughs> we've got three of the four maidens now yeah that- so raven is the spring maiden yeah cinder is the fall maiden yeah and now penny is the winter maiden right so it just leaves the summer maiden who's mm-hmm. unaccounted for we, uh so next we'll be off to vacuo is yeah. that the only other kingdom they've not been to yeah um, yeah uh, yeah after atlas because i feel like you know the atlas arc is still going to be happening into the next volume mm. well do we think einwood's going to join salem now that is such a good question. To try and like preserve as much of Atlas as you can. Like, okay, I'll help you conquer the world, right. but spare the people of Atlas a bit type like thing. Leonardo, right? Yeah. So um perhaps that's the thing, because at the at the season finale, spoilers, it's a dead end. Yeah. Um Salem has arrived at yeah. the Kingdom of Atlas. They've defeated Salem's forces of um Arthur Watts and Tyrion. Yes. Oh my god, a Clover's death. That upset me. That That was death. I did not expect it to be that bloody. Neither did I. Um, They. I remember them tweeting something before the episode saying, "By the way, guys, you're gonna puke." But I didn't think it was that serious. No, I was. (laughs) Oh my god, I was just shook. I was so shook. Right. It's the most graphic death they've had so far. I mean, it wasn't overly graphic. They used like the use of silhouettes and red for the blood, but it's just the method. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the noise that the noises, the screams, the Yeah. It was very realistic. But yeah, I think Einwood is gonna side with Salem. See, you make a really good point. I didn't think of that, mm. but as we've said, it is a dead end right now. Yeah. She's here. There was nothing. They he- thought they'd won. They'd fended off the Grim. They defeated Salem's enforcers that had gone in, but obviously revelations have come about. Right. In this. It's during the events of all this. Um, Trust has been broken. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, the students trained under the Atlas military and the Aesops. Yes. And then it's just all gone completely to part really yeah. and I think Ironwood 
He won't become a full villain. He's, he'll act out of the intentions to save as many people as he can. Oh, I don't know. But if that means siding with Salem, See, he'll do it. He, yeah, he, has, he does have the mentality of save the many, not just a few. Yeah. So he was willing to sacrifice the people of Mantle who are below Atlas, yeah. below the floating Atlas. Um, Again, that's where the whole theme of like class comes into yeah. it. So the poor live on, um, is it Mantle? Mantle, yeah, grounded territory. That's, and then Atlas is like a floating island in the sky where yeah. the wealthy and the military are and everything and the academy. Right. Um, And yeah, he was going to use the power of the relic, the staff yeah. to launch a communication system up and keep Atlas out of reach of most of the Grim on Earth, yes. out of Salem's reach. But as you say, it meant sacrificing... Everybody in Mantle. Yeah. And now that uh, Penny is the Winter Maiden, mm. he doesn't have access to that relic. No, I'd never thought of that. So he doesn't have access to that relic. And Salem has just appeared with a massive armada. of Grim. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a whale grim. That's yeah. the first time I've seen that that can fly. <laughs> gonna have a whale of a time. <laughs> Good old Richard. You know? <laughs> Good old Moby Dick. You yes. Know? Um, but yeah, so there is literally no way out of this situation. So mm-hmm. as you said, I I feel like it's very culpable that he will side with Salem because he can't win now. But no. maybe Salem will be like, you can't side with me. I gave you your chance. Like gave you your chance to surrender, yeah. and you didn't. <laughs> Um, so in which case next season are we going to open up to dead ironwood dead winter um yeah dead aesops dead robin hill because it it literally ended on a cliffhanger it really did (laughs) this great black cloud emerges on the horizon then from out of that comes this giant grim whale ship thing (laughs) in salem in her fabulous new conqueror robes and it's just left there. Exactly. I uh, And we have no idea how this is going to pan out. She might use the whale to eat Atlas. She, she, <laughs> she, we don't know if she's going to stop and be like, I'll give you a minute to just surrender yeah. everything. And then, you know, we don't know how it's going to, how well, how the next season's going to start. If Ironwood does side with Salem, mm. it's, it's all very possible. It's so crazy. And with one maiden and vault left, are we coming towards the end? Do you think we're past the halfway point of the series uh, at this stage? I would say, yeah, sadly. Yeah. I'd say um, after volume six, because we only got one more kingdom to visit back to, yeah. and that's Vacuo. Yeah. So I feel like after this next volume, I'd probably say there's at least two or three. I'd say, because next volume will be volume eight, yeah. and then I think ten volumes will yeah. be what we're looking at. It's so sad to think about. There's a little part of me that doesn't want it to end, but it's that case of you can only have so much of a good thing, you know. Exactly. And how is it, like, if you think about it, um, volumes 9 and 10 would be vacuo. How is it going to end? No one knows. No one knows how this volume is even going to pan out. But (laughs) it doesn't look positive. No. (laughs) I mean, before he passed away, Monty, the creator of the series, who conceptualised all these characters and terms and stuff, he... He wrote a lot he and did. shared a lot with the production team about what he wanted, certain key events he wanted to happen, what he wanted to happen with certain characters. Mm. And um, uh, Miles and Kerry, who have taken over writing, I mean, they worked with him in the first two seasons as well, but they took over writing after his passing. Yeah. Um, of 
I think I've done a really good job so far. Series f- volume four was a bit slow for me. Same. But it's, as I say, the writing this season is just... Yeah. I've n- not... Like half of the things that happened, I would have never have expected. No, and I feel like they they also had an additional writer, um, Eddie Rivas, I believe. Oh yes, yeah. uh, apologies, Eddie. I don't think you'll <laughs> ever listen to this, but apologies <laughs> if you ever are. <laughs> I love him. He's he, he's great. Eddie Rivas. Uh, yes. Yeah, sorry if um you uh, ever listened to this. <laughs> I didn't mean to forget you, but well done as well on the work you've contributed. He did an amazing job. Uh, I'm not too sure which specific episodes he wrote, but I feel like one of them, it might have been um, the episode in which introduces Weiss's mother. And that... Again, well, again, that episode, alcoholism, abusive yes. marriages. Like, her dad is a real piece of work. Yes, I'm so glad he got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> um, if... Anyone, uh, hopefully if you've been listening to this, you've watched the series and you're up to date. Yeah. Or if you've stopped at season four or five or whatever, pick it back up. Please do. Because it really does um, extend to be something absolutely beautiful. It it is. And it's, again, it's one of these wonderful worlds where they've crafted a lot of it. There's, I don't think anything is half thought through really, especially with the the character conceptualization. Yeah. it's just it's it's a journey it's one of those epics it's like harry potter lord of the rings game of thrones where you just yeah you want you want more yes exactly that's how i feel anyway you become hungry for it yeah and i can't and we have to wait a year until volume eight i know it's just but i i feel like they're gonna keep us quite fed in that time i hopefully. hope so. i mean hopefully they got more books coming out yes. and they have another i think they oh yeah they just um kruby have just announced that they're doing three kind of mid shows okay give us before the <gasps> so one of them is going to be kind of like the production uh that focuses on production of ruby yeah one of them is going to be f- fairy tales yes within the ruby universe yes. so you know like the girl in the tower all those yes the, yes the, like, the man with two souls that, well that's ospin isn't it it is ospin yeah. yeah all that kind of stuff they're going to be doing like a 2d anime styled um, yeah like show. they did with like the kingdoms and yeah. dust and all that stuff in previous seasons and oh, they'll, be, they'll be giving some of us um well they'll be giving some of that to us in the time of the hiatus so <sighs> we won't be too hungry that'll have to do <laughs> i'll rewatch not volume eight, i'll but... rewatch se- volume seven again because i've not done that yet since it's finished but oh, so i can it. <laughs> watch it all in one string and like notice the details I might have missed before. Yeah, it's but, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> On that note, I'm sorry to say we're going to have to end it there. There is so much more we could talk about I'm about so, Ruby. Yeah, but I wish we could. We've got to keep this as close to an hour as possible. <laughs> um, but thank you very much for listening in. Um, don't forget to check out Demon FM's. Anchor and Spotify account. We're also on iTunes and several other platforms. Listen to the past episodes of Geek Speak. We've done ones on X-Men and Disney and uh, many more to come. There's plenty of other content there as well. Film reviews, uh, just some general chit-chats and stories of misbehaviour because we're students. (laughs) Um, And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Demon FM. There's also Demon TV and the magazine. Also worth following for some great content. Um, 
So yeah, check those out. And thank you very much to you for joining me today, Jacob. It has been a pleasure and my honour, honestly. After the slight mare we had setting up, (laughs) um, it all worked out. And who knows uh, if I manage to survive into next year, I might come back for... um, another episode i would love to i I would happily have you again (laughs) i feel like i'm quite sated with ruby today i've got it all off my chest yes gladly do it again you watch we'll be messaging each other later saying oh we didn't talk about this or oh there's this theory and because as i say great series go watch it thank you for joining us and uh, see you again next time everyone Bye. bye oh no is it over Well, don't worry, because if you head on over to Demon FM Podcasts on Anchor, you can listen to all of our other podcasts, as well as keep an ear out for any new episodes. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. Go on, have a listen. I support you.